shows are in their studio over in Garland, Texas. Things you think you don't care about is back for season five with brand new guests and fun segments for your entertainment. You're gonna have a real good time with the average Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media. I am the Average Joe Boo. And I am the Average Joe. Coming to you today with some uh, important stuff. Listen, what we have to say, you you need to hear. I mean, uh, the only way to better say it than that would be in the native language yeah. of the Southern Peninsula. Yeah. Es muy importante. Oh, Okay. The Southern Peninsula. <laughs> talking about Miami. No, uh, um, well, I mean, one of one hey, of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, Miami. Uh, see, <laughs> well, they Miami kept, they has. Kept trying to get some Will Smith lyrics in there. Uh, I mean, anytime you can get jiggy with it. Absolutely. If you if you're not getting jiggy with it, you better be just cruising. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of what the next lyric was to that. No, That's no, a great it wasn't song. The next lyric is oh. those are different songs. Yeah, I know that the yeah. the one with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow singing. Sure, I don't know that. You remember that movie? No. What are you talking about? It was uh, she, there's a song just cruising. I think Gwyneth Paltrow sang it. It was uh, no, it's a Will Smith song. Just cruising. It's on one of his CDs. With, oh, uh, with getting jiggy with it and oh. and uh, Miami and all those others. Yeah, oh, okay. look it up. Look it up. It's good. It's good stuff. Repping the old Gingrich here. So John, if you're if you're out there, we love you, and uh, want you to know we haven't forgot about you. Uh, we do. We do love us some John. Yeah. You know yeah. what's fun about things you forget to turn off? What's that? The timers. The timer? From the, <laughs> from the fantastic trivia episode. I got to tell you, speaking of people we love, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been following it lately, but uh, yeah. I'm just loving, loving all the things happening with S'more and with uh, We Buy oh, Homes. Yeah. With Lance and them. Oh, and yeah. uh, so there was another one of their magical posts. Yeah. And so I was commenting on there today saying that, you know, they need to get on this uh, HGTV thing oh, yeah. and they need to show because it's just great stuff they're putting out there. That's right. So Lance says they definitely have uh, some great made for TV moments. They found a stripper pole uh-huh. in one of the houses they began renovating. Nice. I just want to, you know what? I just want to get on one of those things and see how long I can swing. Well, I'm just, I'm just anticipating. I'm, I'm getting the middle picture of Lance trying to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so, sure he did. If, oh, most certainly. Yeah. Rachel was definitely sitting in the chair. Yeah, watching. Maybe she, maybe she was doling out some ones, <laughs> making it rain. Yeah, it might, have, it might have been quarters. Making it hail, throwing quarters. At yeah, it. yeah. There's uh, there's a storm brewing. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. Hopefully there'll be some footage of that released at some oh, point. That's funny. That's funny. It's a, good stuff. A stripper pole in a, a remodel. Pole. That's awesome. I mean, I can understand like a fire pole. Yeah, but a stripper pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be able to get downstairs really fast, and you don't want to take all the stairs. There you go, man. <laughs> Just slide on down the pole. Slide them down the pole. Yeah, that's what she said. Could be a multi-purpose pole. That's also what she said. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the town halls that happened. 
Yes, we are. And uh, first of all, I want I want to clear up something. I want to clear up number one that after Trump contracted or tested positive for COVID and went to the hospital and all this other stuff, uh, he the, the debate commission canceled the debate, the live debate, and changed it to a Zoom or whatever, a virtual debate. That's correct. And he said, I'm not doing a virtual debate. And listen, there is absolutely zero, zero remorse, as well there should be, for him not doing a virtual debate. Virtual. First of all, I've been teaching virtually for like the past eight months or something, minus two for the summer. And trying to do anything virtually and maintain interest is nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. Um, especially for the hour to two or however long that they were going to have this debate. It's ridiculous to even assume that a debate virtually would have been productive in any way. Number one, you have these features on these things, and I know that you can mitigate it by using right. some casting software and stuff like that, but still, most of these virtual things, they bounce back and forth between the candidates, and then you also have people in the background that can that can mute, and it, it, can, be an, it can be an edited file. Yeah. Like, in this... In this election, where there is a huge um, um, idea of fraud or uh, bias and all this other stuff, I mean, this, this is a big theme it right is. now going through this election season, and a virtual debate is one of the easiest ways to manipulate a piece of media, a piece of uh, software, because someone can do anything they want. They can take any piece of context out of it while it's going live. They can uh, change it to where people can't be heard. And oops, we had a technical difficulty. Matter of fact, in Trump's, uh, while he's talking in the first two or three minutes, it, it, it cuts out for like 10 to 20 seconds. Well, I mean, you look at what's happened with the sound bites from the things that have been said and recorded and broadcast live. You know, and, and and not just, not just some of Trump stuff yep. that's been cut up and taken out of context. I mean, you've seen it; it's happened to Biden too. Yep. Um, yep. Both vice presidents, uh, even I remember when they were doing the the big old um, the big COVID rally yep. the, for the world, and the Queen Elizabeth okay. went on there. And I think we might have talked about one of our conspiracy theory ones, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, Maybe. the sound bites that they're using were incomplete." Like I watched the thing live, and I was like. She didn't really say it like that. Sure. You know, type of thing. So I think that's a definite concern. But the other thing, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate because okay. a little, little disclaimer. Sure. Um, pat on the back, air high five from the average Joes for anybody who's voting, no matter who you're voting for. Like, I don't, I, I just, I'm happy people, I'm happy people are voting. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not you saying this, uh, you know, officially in support of one candidate, candidate or the other. But um, happy? I do think. Uh, that a concern Joey's if, if I'm playing devil's advocate, if I'm Trump's campaign, it's Trump is out amongst the people, yeah, speaking on demand, yep. you know, getting hammered with hundreds of questions a day by the media and stuff. Oh yeah, and so 
Biden on questions, the critiques, mm-hmm. everything. And so Biden, I, I don't think the issue is as much as Biden has been much more virtual, virtual than not, uh, because that's his prerogative. And there's there's two different camps of thought of how to handle an election during sure. COVID. Absolutely. But most I think the, the concern, though, is, is that uh, with a lot of Biden stuff, it's preplanned. Uh-huh. It's teleprompter. They're not the, the press isn't able to freely ask questions. Right. It's predetermined. The right. questions are handed out. Yep. Um, there, there's handlers that are cutting things off, yep. stopping things. And even on the um, virtual ones, there's been many reports, and I think too many for it to all be fake, okay. where um, his producer type people cut it off. Yeah. Dead signal. Hey, yep. you can't say that. Don't cut it. We're not going to, not going to air that type of thing. Yep. And so if I'm, if I'm, a, if, if me and you, we're running for office and yeah. we're, we're sparring with each other. Absolutely. I want to make sure that it's going to be me and you both using our free independent thought when we square up. Absolutely. Like the debate. Exactly. Very, listen, the one thing I liked about the debate is that you could not cut up all the all of the interruptions. No, you couldn't. Uh, there was no way to to take that file and truly manipulate it to... Uh, to, to shine on one candidate or to to bash mm-hmm. another in such a way that uh, that like uh, both candidates were talking at the same time. It, now it was mm-hmm. it seemed very childish the way that it went about. Yeah. But I mean, these very two guys so. were just arguing and trying to put one another uh, put one another downs for for their own benefit. And so yeah, okay, it it was horrible to listen to just because of how ridiculous a lot of the things they were saying were, or how they were saying it. But my point is, is that you could not take that video and really just extract simp- like pieces and throw them out of context because you had somebody getting interrupted, and so it was the context was clear. You know what I mean? At least in terms of the live action of that video. Well, I think one of the things, and I'll go all the way back to nine eleven, right? So Bush was one of the first presidents that we've ever seen had we've ever seen act to a crisis in real time. Okay, he was on live TV reading to kids. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Artie Fleischer comes in and, and t- whispers in his ear. Yeah, and there was this pause that he was criticized by some for because he was processing that in real time. Like, right. what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? What I like about the debates, I've always liked about the debates, is is that you got to take into consideration. Presidents have probably a hundred different advisors. Oh yeah, of, yeah. People coming in from and all every one side. of them are telling them a little something different. <clears throat> exactly. And then you have like the Joint Chiefs. Then you yep. have the Security Council. Then you have senators and, and representatives yep. and, and foreign powers. And what I like about the debate is, is because I want to get a, a snapshot. Yeah. Or at least make myself feel like I have a snapshot. Right. Of how our the person who's our president is going to handle themselves. In a heated discussion. Right. Absolutely. Being able to, to, you know, are they going to be able to turn on a dime? Are they going to be able to um, assert themselves? Absolutely. Appropriately. Because you could get run over. I mean, we've all been in meetings, whether it be work or school, where um, it's not even about being the loudest room in the voice. It's the most persistent. And who can Did you say the loudest case. room in the voice? Uh, That's okay. Keep potentially. Going. <laughs> potentially. But um, <laughs> you want to be able... Uh, you want to have confidence at least. Absolutely. That the individual you want to have, you want to have confidence that you are the loudest room in the voice and making sure exactly. that everybody hears your room. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. And there's no voice for error. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no space for rooms either. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about let's get into Biden's town hall. Got you. Okay. Uh first of all, um Let's just compare the the basic information of the town halls real quick, okay? okay. First, 
Biden's town hall was easily an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes. Right. Okay. Um, and Trump's was one hour. According to the time, uh, the timeline things on YouTube. Okay. They each had a, a interruption or two or something. Uh, Biden ended up having, I think, five interruptions in terms of commercial breaks or mm-hmm. uh, whatever. And then, uh, and Trump had one or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether that, whether that evened out the timeline or whatever, and even up the amount of time, okay, maybe it did. But, uh, but I, I found it very intriguing that Biden had 40 minutes longer of a debate or of a town hall discussion or whatever. Maybe that's because he can't talk very fast and he doesn't know how to process information and communicate it easily. Because Biden's new name, he's got three new names that I have come up with. Okay. Okay. Based on his town hall. His first new name. Okay. I hope I answered your question. He talks so much. He says so many things whenever he's asked a question. He does not he, he has no idea if he answers the question or not. He has no idea. I hope I answered your question. Well, I mean, that was one of the big critiques of Trump in the first debate is that if he would have just stopped interrupting Joe and let him talk just a little bit longer. Right. Uninterrupted. Yes. He, that could have possibly done more harm to Biden. Absolutely. I mean? So Trump Absolutely. actually kind of helped him out. I feel like Trump, I feel, I feel like Biden in some way hurt himself by having this town hall because he didn't know how to answer questions that were being asked of him. You because know, he didn't even know if he was answering or not. The one thing that I thought was very interesting is is, is that the, the Trump town hall, which we'll get to, followed a similar format of one of Biden's earlier ones. And th- this ABC one was pretty close to the Trump one, uh, the, the first first town halls they had. Like, the uh, like fir- uh, with uh, uh, against Clinton in 2016? No, no, no. So oh, oh before- earlier in the in the campaign trail. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So uh, I, well, I can't well, I can't think of his name. George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Yeah. So, yeah. So he did one with with Trump. Well, I'm going to say format. that George Stephanopoulos moderated way better in this town hall thing mm-hmm. than some, some, I don't even care what her name is. Savannah? Yeah. Guthrie? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Oh, my so. gosh. She was such a, it was such a huge C-U-N nundrum. It was ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I, I think that whole, I mean, switching gears for a second, I think the whole situation was a, a microcosm of what we're dealing with in America. Right okay, now. stop. Let's get, let's keep on with Biden. Okay, okay. I know we, I know where you're going, and we're going to talk about that. All right. Okay. Uh, his second new name was it depends. It depends. Yeah. Biden. It depends. Joe. It depends. Biden. Because every question he was asked, he was asked to take a stance on, and every single stance completely depended on all these arbitrary potential. Who knows what's going to happen between now and uh, January 1st, or when is Inauguration Day? Is it February 20th, January 20th, some, somewhere in there? Some, well, it's in January. I okay. think it's the 21st. Okay. So somewhere between now and, the, and Inauguration Day, yeah. uh, whatever he's been asked, it depends before right. he's going to take a stance on something, like fracking or uh, what was another? There was another one, man. That it just depends. Well, stacking the court. A stack in the court was was another one. It depends on how this Amy Coney Barrett thing. Well, I don't know what his name is. Yeah. It depends on how that's all going to shake out before we know whether or not he's going to pack the court. I mean, come on, or whether or not he would pack the court. 
Well, the the thing that's I think frustrating for and me. Doesn't that just mean pack the court? Doesn't that just mean for those of you who may not know? Doesn't that just mean like make more Supreme Court justices yes. so he can appoint his own? That's correct. So and right now there's nine. The yeah. And well, there so, will be nine. Well, yeah. Well, there's nine slots. Yes, there's right? nine slots. So as president, if he packed the court, he would say, "Let's make it 13, and I now have four people that I can nominate." Yep. Or something like that. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's. I just um, want to make sure that's what that was. Yeah. And the other question he's not answering is about whether or not um, he would support doing away with the filibuster by adding two additional states. There's there's talk of retaliation for this would be is to kind of force District of Columbia and Puerto Rico into statehood. Okay. And the 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 left or the Democrats anticipating that both those states would elect mm. um, two senators each uh, that were both Democrat and left-leaning. Oh, gotcha. Um, but that's a whole other topic. But what sure. I was going to say is I think what frust- what's, has frustrated me the most uh, as an American during this whole election is yeah. is one of my favorite terms that you hate that I overuse. Uh-huh. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Oh. Uh, I know it's your favorite. I think I just got a COVID virus. Yeah, that's fair. Through, the, on, micro, through knock, the microphone. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want the sequel to that one. That's fair. Um, but anyways, uh, Trump will not, for example, I'm going to give you an example real quick. Everyone's criticism. You're going to give me an example? Yeah, everything. <laughs> every, everybody's been criticizing Trump because they don't feel like he's given a straight answer on whether or not he would peacefully leave office. He did today. Well, I, know he, I know he did. Not yeah. today, whenever. He did. Anymore. But I'm saying up until then, they, they couldn't fathom why he couldn't give a straight answer. Well, there's been... Why some, wouldn't he give a straight answer? Why? I'm sorry, why would he? With ha- the, He did not experience well, a peaceful transition of power. He did not. He did not. But Trump is notorious for taking a simple situation over complicating it. No question about that. Uh, but Biden has done the same thing on, on multiple counts, too, where he refuses to answer a question. Huh. Uh, likewise. I hope I answered your question. Yes. And then, likewise, a lot of what Trump has said, whether it be um, making the tax um, the Can you tax not deferrals. stay on the Biden town hall right now? Yeah, I, I you, am. You're I'm, in the Trump right now. No, you're not, talking not about in, Trump. I know, but I'm not in his town okay. hall yet. Okay. But a lot of the things Trump has said in the past couple of months about the payroll tax deferral becoming permanent if he's elected, uh, the back and forth on the next COVID bill when he's elected, uh, the new health care plan when he's elected. So people are saying, oh, he's trying to bribe the country. He's trying to say, well, he's trying to threaten people. How is that any different than any other presidential candidate in the I history agree with of presidential you. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Biden's not being pushed for the same thing. What are you going to do about stacking the court? What are you going to do about the filibuster? What are you going to be doing about these things? And his thing is, is I'm not going to tell you. And in fact, before that town hall, which I think is interesting, I don't believe that this was called out at all in the right. town hall, was that in an interview, he got pushed on the situation and nobody cut him off. And so he responded with, basically, the American people don't deserve to know what I'll do. He took that stance. He took a very hostile stance to the person who was interviewing him. This is Biden. This is Biden. Okay. And said, people don't deserve to know the answer to it, what I'm going to say. Of course, because it depends. It depends. But, again. For real. Not that's his big. third name, by the way. For that's real. For real. Uh, I, I like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, now, that's only whenever he's actually talking to somebody. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I don't think he was really pushed on those type of issues. Okay. I don't think he was, I don't think he was pushed on, on many. Uh, but, like I said, I think George Stephanopoulos did a great job moderating in comparison to Savannah because George really understood the town hall was for the people to ask the questions and for Biden to answer them. And his job was to uh, try to 
I'm going to say force or or pull out some elaboration uh, on the topic that got brought up by the people in the audience. Well, that was his job, and he did that great. So my first example, uh, well, first of all, Biden's first audience question came within seconds of, of the introduction. Within seconds. I mean, I think it was inside of 15 seconds after Stephanopoulos introduced and said why they were there and what they were doing and what Trump was doing. It took 30 seconds or so for him to introduce everything. Within 15 seconds of that introduction, our first question is Johnny Maine from, mm -hmm. from Idaho or whatever. It doesn't even matter. Within 15 seconds, he got a question. Uh, and then, but, but not answering the question... He was asked if he would mandate a vaccine. Yep. And he did not answer it. He used the, it depends. It depends on how things happen in the next six, uh, next three months. How uh, the vaccines come up. What the doctors say. All this stuff. It depends on everything of him mandating a vaccine. And that's a pretty clear, easy question to answer. If, there, if there's a vaccine, would you mandate it? Which there wouldn't be a vaccine unless it's an approved vaccine well the strategy there is is that if a vaccine did come come to market before election day uh-huh the the that particular party uh -huh. has to create enough doubt for that not to be a swing in deciding that for that not to be a victory well okay so, so the other part is that he didn't answer until stephanopoulos forced him to like almost force him to answer it because he sidestepped the question completely by talking about it depends on all these various arbitrary factors that yeah honestly the general public could care less about and then he said okay so her question was would you mandate it and he said yes i would I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing but he said he would mandate a vaccine if the vaccine became available yeah and i think the the concerning part there is is that um Again, just if we're looking at how things would be handled. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, there's an interesting compare and, compare and contrast here because there is factual data from how the pa a pandemic was handled during the Obama-Biden. Right. Uh, there is criticism from that administration's own people. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, some, some would say our position to respond to the pandemic was negatively affected by the, the state in which... Um, those type of resources infrastructure were left. So it's, it's relative. It's, you know, cause you say, well, we don't know what he would do. Yeah. What we do know somewhat what he would do. That's right. And so his decisiveness in all this, um, has been, I'm, I will make a decisiveness. There is no decisiveness. No, he's been decisive. It's completely indecisive. He's been decisive about saying that everybody had to wear a mask. Okay. But he would not, but he has, he's not, but even still, he said, a, you can't mandate that. And then George Stephanopoulos was like, okay, well, how, how would you go about mandating? He's like, I'd get all the governors in a room and tell them to tell everybody to wear a mask. Yeah. And then, well, okay, well, what if they didn't do that? Okay, then I'd get all the mayors, which, come on. You're going to get all, how many cities are there in the, in the United States, each of which have a mayor, you know? Well, and then he said all the local council people in a room. Come on, you're not going to do that. That is an over-promise and a clear gonna under-deliver He's going to try to mandate stuff, but he's not going to be able to because of the natural resistance to to the word mandate. Well, there's not enough time. Like you know, what I mean, there's, there's not, not enough time, time in the day for what? that to happen. Well, there's not enough time in his four year 
presidency to to, to let that happen if he wants to do I mean, anything else. What I mean, like, like he, he would have to make that his daily, yeah. like his daily job to go around making sure this was getting mandated and, and actually enforcing it. Well, you look at just what it, it. I think it only had a sustainability for maybe what three months that. Um, the Trump administration was having daily calls with the governors. I mean, that in itself was very challenging. Absolutely, because it's impossible. These executives are not going to have, they don't have the time to right. be on the phone with each other all day, every day, because they should be taking action to try Zoom to lead calls. their people. Okay, Zoom calls so they can see your face. Another thing I thought was interesting is how many breaks they took, dude. How many breaks they took. It seemed like they took a two to three minute break between each general topic. Almost you, like they knew what the questions were going to be, and they had time to prep between. You, you know why, don't That's you? the... Dude, I mean, it, it gave that vibe off. Not that, that that's what happened. Well, I don't know what happened behind the, the, the change to a, to a commercial break, but it was, hmm, I want to make sure he has an answer for this, so let's take a break, and I'm going to tell him what the new topic is. So, yeah, well, my take on that's a little bit different. My mine is the sad truth of this society we live in. There's only one thing that matters in this country, which is money. Okay. Oh, so they they raised money for the campaign by selling ad space on his town hall. No, ABC was trying to make money. It's oh. the only reason only reason that NBC agreed to do a town hall with Trump was to get money because mm, they know that the ratings are going to go up. Same thing with uh, oddly enough, uh, a ABC. They were very smart. Instead of showing reruns of all their shows, they created a fourth hour of Good Morning America ah. that's been Corona update. Ah. And so it's literally an hour or two of TV every single day mm-hmm. just talking about all the people that are dying. Yeah. Oh, you listen, here's the other thing about the Corona thing. I'm going to take a sidestep. Did you realize that like 95% uh, uh, of the flu season is completely eradicated this year? Like 95% of the flu season, just gone. How is that possible? How is that possible that every year the flu hits like twice and 95% of the effect of the flu is just gone because okay. COVID? Okay, we're going to get to that in a little I mean, bit. Because, yeah, I have a couple comments on, on this whole COVID mess. Listen, I'm not, and no place did I ever say that this virus wasn't real. Okay. I said, okay, I could be wrong. I may have said it once or twice early on, but the... We're, and we're not going to repeat karma's striking. Right. My my point is, is it's I, I have maintained that it has been way overblown because viruses are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, listen, we'll get to that too. Trump made a, made a comment about a, an, an article about 85% of people who wear masks still get the virus, which... Was that, were those statistics fabricated? Were those, listen, all you know my stance on statistics. Statistics are 100% used in order to prove your point, regardless of its validity. Well, I'll just say this. My, my biggest issue, and we'll get into it further, is is that this has been a situation of where there is no concept of concrete factual data. Everything has become relative. Yep. And Everything so is based on uh, the newest most popular opinion. No, it's based upon what what you've heard last. That's my point. The yeah, newest, you know, most popular thing. Yeah. So, because that's I what mean, you're hearing. You're hearing the most popular stuff, and what you heard most recently or last is is where all the decisions get made. So that's why I, 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 I hesitate to say things have been blown out of proportion because I don't have anything to term, tell me what 
what is a what should what is or is not actually proportionate yes you do you have proportionate from the standpoint of all the people who die of regular cause like actual physical condition causes heart attack uh uh, what, regular sicknesses that that develop into pneumonia. You have old age. How has nobody died from just old age in the past since February? Well, I'm, that's I mean, hello. That is a natural part of life. People people get so old to the point where their body just cannot function anymore. How is that? It it's agreed. turned into COVID. Agreed. My point is is that. Is that you have standards? You have a flu season every year with a certain number of deaths related to the flu every year. You have all these all these metrics of, of everything that have a, a a relative average, like a car accident deaths. You have people who die from lung cancer, uh, or lung cancer is the thing that finally did them in. And okay, well then made it because they've been smoking for fifty years or whatever. Uh, you have all these metrics of all these averages. On average, 2,000 people die a year from suicide or from whatever. Oh, you got the opiate epidemic. You, but you just have all of these other little metrics that somehow went away. Somehow no, don't exist for 2020, which is going to throw all the statistics out the window whenever you talk about it later on. Well, my thing I is- don't want to totally get into it, but... Uh, I don't want to get into COVID like drastically, but one of the things was uh, they're talking about if you don't wear masks, then there'll be another 100,000 deaths by the end of the year. And these are the experts. And my point is like, uh, okay, so from January when the first case was, was in the United States or whatever, Till now, there's only been two hundred thousand. So we're talking an average of ten, uh, twenty thousand deaths that are attributed to COVID, whether it's real or not. Twenty thousand a month. So in the next two months, there's gonna somehow be fifty thousand a month. Well, I mean that's that's ridiculous. Here's the thing. So, so anybody I, that says wearing a mask is gonna reduce that number, anybody that says that's right, because uh, yeah. Duh. Well, we haven't is, even gotten to that average. Well, okay, just a couple things. Uh, here's the thing. It's, I think that I understand how the original mask logic was explained. Mask is not foolproof, but if a mask reduces the distance in which the particles go, then if everybody wore a mask, you, you would reduce the chances. I get that. And so someone took a, took a, um, took a did math, yeah, right? right? And they, they try to scale it. Sure. I get that. But... We now have that it's not like you wear your mask, but outside's probably okay. But now we shouldn't have Thanksgiving because even inside with a mask, it's airborne now. Uh-huh. It's aerosoled. Yeah. So the particles are hanging for five hours yeah. in the air. And then it'll also be on services for 30 right. days. So It's all I, ridiculous. I, I know. But here's the deal. One thing, I, I'm going to say two things here. One is <laughs> I don't, I, I want, I try to be as considerate as I can be to anybody I'm around's sensitivity sure uh, if somebody comes up to me and asks me to wear my mask i'll be like all right like and i'm, I'm also, not gonna be rude you're right and also whereas i think we all have our different opinions on how we feel about how this has been handled how this has been publicized how this has been spun 
there are people that we ourselves have experienced and lots of people we know and then even millions more people we don't whose lives have been altered because of what they've been told yeah. has has happened as a result of this. Sure. So I get people's feelings and, and not everybody be on the same page. But what I wanted to swing to real quickly, tie it up with a bow. Um, is, oh, that's a lot of what Savannah said. That's fair. Um, <laughs> is there so much criticism, let's say, for mask, right? Uh-huh. So here's the deal. Um, and, and I'm gonna, again, I'm going to use Trump as an example. Sure. Sorry. Why would you? Um, well, I mean, it's fair. I, again, I'm not defending the man. I'm just, I just want to understand the country's logic here. Uh-huh. So Trump being Trump's being tested every single day. Everybody around is being tested every single day. He didn't wear a mask. He was he was negligent. Okay. NFL football teams, college football teams, basketball teams, every professional sport that everyone is enjoying sitting on their couch watching are not wearing masks during their competitiveness and they're literally spitting all over each other and yep. in each other's face and they're taking a test every day, but they're heralded. Right? Everybody loves them. Yeah. Okay, and it's all good. Heralded. Heralded, yes. Yeah. Um, we have criticism over like I can't I should have Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. But it's completely fine that we're having all these sporting events. Yeah. It's completely fine that yeah. we're having this. You're getting sport. pretty far field. Keep going. You know, but 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 you get what I'm saying. Yeah, though. I do get what you're saying, and, but and you're getting far thing. field from the from the town. Hall. I know, but I know we're going to circle okay. back. But I just want to say it because it's been on my mind. Okay, and it's things. I'm glad you think we you have the about. platform for you to say it. Well, I mean, this is what I love about what we do. Yeah, um, all these bad things are happening. Right, 38 states numbers are spiking. Mm-hmm. We're not stopping sports because we have to have sports because sports makes money. Yeah, right. Same thing. And this is what I'm. I'm sorry. I'm I'm on a soapbox. We you are playing, on a soapbox. We should play some music. That's fair. But. Uh, I'm tired of Hollywood. I'm very irritated at Hollywood right now. Yeah, I don't appreciate Hollywood. Hollywood, I don't appreciate you. Because you are being so critical of this election, and you think that your power is going to sway the people to do whatever you want them to do. However, you're being hypocrites. Because guess what? We're Saturday Night Live. Live studio audience, audience not um, social distancing, and the actors... And the guests and everybody, guess what they're doing? Not wearing masks. They're not wearing masks when they're performing. Yeah. They're up each other's faces. Guess what? You got places in California, you can't sing in worship service. But guess what? Justin Bieber can go to Saturday Night Live in a studio. Yeah. And he can sing his song, which I, that's great. Justin Bieber, shout yeah. out to Biebs. You know, it's great. But we're, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not holding, we're not holding ourselves as Americans accountable to the same standard. Yeah. And I just have a serious problem with it. There are game shows being recorded. Yeah. Talk shows are back in live live studio audiences. They're having singing competitions again. Um, they're filming movies. Yeah. Because guess what? The people that make money want more money. Yeah, absolutely. The people that haven't been able to make the money that they normally make yeah. are like are upset. Yeah. So all the people that were sitting at home on their couch, yeah. bored, these celebrities that we all worship. Yeah. They were saying, "Oh, we're start. We're, we're we need the money, guy. so the let's, tough guy, let's the power tough through guy. the yeah. COVID. Yeah, let's donate. Like, like all you hardworking Americans, yeah. donate what little bit of money have to take care of people. Now they're going back to work, but are they voicing their concerns for all the Americans that no, can't go back to work? Not anymore. Do they care about all the businesses that aren't opening? Let me let me it's tell ridiculous. you somebody that I don't appreciate. Okay, let me tell you somebody I don't. Appreciate. The average Joe, whenever he goes off, Joe Biden, I don't appreciate you from the position of a math teacher because in one of your questions to somebody you said let me get you an exact number it's about 92 billion you told somebody that you were going to give them an exact number and then you told them about 92 billion at what point in time 
were you thinking about what you said? You were looking down at a sheet of paper that you pulled out of your pocket. You conveniently had it after this break, and you gave them an exact approximate. Joe Biden, I do not appreciate, I do not appreciate, as a math teacher, you saying approximations are exact. I just don't do it. I don't like it. It was, it was, I, it was laughable. Let me give you an exact number. Joe, let me give you an exact number. I make about $20 a month every time I go mow a yard. No, no, that's not exact. I make exactly $20 a month for every yard I mow. That's an exact number. Okay? I mean, it's ridiculous. So, not that I mow yards. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I was, I was pretending to be your brother. Uh, Speaking so, of, hey, here's the deal. Christmas is around the corner. You might need somebody y- to mow your yard. Young families work. are out there. So, if you need yard work, landscaping, yeah. and or home repair, Pioneer. I found this one pretty, pretty comical as well, just from a, just from a mathematics perspective. Yep. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden was talking about, he was asked about tax cuts, and this was a Trump supporter who got up and asked him a question, he, or a guy who voted for Trump in the first election when Trump ran. And uh, and he talked about uh, Joe Biden repealing the tax cuts that, uh, that, that Trump has instituted this last year or so. And he said, well, if you're going to take the tax cuts away, how is that going to lower our taxes? Right. Like that doesn't make any sense mathematically. Second, he said that we're going to make sure that no family under 400,000 has any raising in taxes, which is impossible to be able to actually enforce. And also, he said that now when we do lower, when we do make sure that those middle income families have lower taxes, now they can afford college. Like, how can they all of a sudden afford college because of $400 a, a year in taxes that they're going to get a break on? All of a sudden, boom! Joe Biden, I do not appreciate you telling middle-income families that just because you think you're going to get tax breaks, now all of a sudden they're going to be able to pay for college for their kids. Whether they have one or 12, it doesn't matter. Because you got Dude. this extra four hundred dollars a year, now you can pay for college. That was one of the most outlandish comments he made. And listen, there were some things that he said that I thought were okay, but he was saying because of his tax cuts, which are probably going to end up being tax raised, but cuts from whenever he was a vice president. Okay, that's probably how it would work out. Now all of a sudden, that little about amount of money means college tuition. So, so a couple things on that. Maybe he's talking about junior college tuition. That's- couple things on that and then you know from an equal opportunity perspective i'll do i don't appreciate here in a minute for both of them because the the fact that the best we have in our country is 270 plus white guys is really frustrating for that's me that's fair uh especially with their false sense of why does it okay spew. why does it matter if why does why does color matter in the, in your comment there like why um, why is it necessary for you to throw in the word white i mean there's just 270 year old guys I mean, one seventy-year-old guy from business world, one seventy-year-old guy who's been in public office for umpteen years. That okay? So, I'm, it, I'm just I listen. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to push your buttons. No, I understand. I mean, I I would like <laughs> I enjoy. I'll, I'll put. I'm gonna take a step backwards. Take a step backwards from from growing. I feel I consider myself blessed from growing up in school with the the number of cultures I experienced, like in elementary school, back before. We couldn't 
be talk about things in, in, in school and back before you stopped learning about things in school, I was exposed to a bunch of different friends from above, a bunch of different cultures and I loved it. Yeah. You know, and then in the, Absolutely. In the work world, I I find it fascinating and so much enri- so much more enriching for uh-huh. me. Uh, when I get a chance to work with or hire or get to know or, or become, dude, you re- you really with. fixated on on how I pulled out the word white from your comment. No, no, I'm just talking about diversity. So I'm I'm building to this point because oh. I've said this to other people. I would like to see our political landscape uh-huh. be a- more like diverse. Accurate. Exactly, like because actually represents our country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I don't mean then it might actually then this whole sideshow clown debate season that we have going on. Yeah. Would probably be a legitimate campaign, well, a legitimate debate, a legitimate election in terms of it's an accurate representation of our population. But I'm, it's only one office too. It's not like the presidency is five different offices. So the the presidency is not going to have diversity right. and, and in wanna, the one person. And I want to be regardless if if it's a Hispanic heritage person who gets. Who gets uh, elected? If it's an African American heritage person, if it's uh, a European heritage person, it doesn't matter. There will be zero diversity in the presidential office because there will only be one person there. I understand what you're saying there. Well, I guess the thing I'll just tie back to you real quick is, is that I'm just saying I would like to see a choice of candidates represent the country more. And the fact of the matter is, is, is that statistically, the best of us cannot consistently be that bracket that's fair and i understand you know what, what you're I mean? saying yeah, yeah, yeah and you know what that in the last two or three elections it has broadened i mean it's broadened from the from well, the standpoint this year of of the vice presidential candidates or, or running mates it, it varied last year from the presidential candidate being a woman it varied the year before by a president not, two terms being not of african-american the, heritage but but not here's the the vb thing is what really gets me you had a very diverse uh, primary with the Democratic Party. That's but, true. But the party itself, it came down to three people. Warren, Bernie, and Biden. Sure. Okay. But it's, okay but and it completely eliminated to the same you had credit, people. The, to the same credit, when Trump was first running, you had Dr. Ben Carlson, who was running. I think that's his name. He was ben running. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Yeah. I, I put an L in there. Yeah. Uh, Ben Carson running, and then he dro- he just dropped out. Several of those people look at polling numbers from the primaries, and they just they bow out because. Well, and then they they later get cabinet positions because it's an agreement's been reached. My point is, well, and that is yeah, the, absolutely, and the which parties, creates the diversity in the in the uh, branches of government. I would say the problem is though is that we don't the, we have a government of parties, not a government of the people, and that's why yep. the parties aren't going to allow. Yeah. Those things to happen, but you're kind of making this a little debate between us. But well, no, I, mean, I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to stick to some of the stuff that happened in the debate. Did you watch them? I did. You did? Are you sure? I, well, I watched all the Trump when I watched part of the the. Because okay. you I, see, you seem to have more soapbox issues about the election well, process I mean, altogether okay. than about the actual now, to town say, halls. I've been a little distracted. I know uh, you in have. the past week. So well, uh, I got it. You know what I mean? So I here's it. the thing: if if the average Joe is enjoying a different aspect of life other than watching politics, yeah. You know, you know he's having a good time. So uh, that's fair. But anyways, I really had a so, really great I mean, point. So I you opened make. up your phone today, and you heard this. <laughs> that that might be fair. Okay. Anyways, it, it's a it's a good week for the average Joe. Yeah. Well, you've uh, probably also been you know 
your heart racing a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You maybe have. That's maybe. okay. It happens. It's, I mean, it does. It's, it a, it's a part of life. You happy, you know? Joe? I, yes, as a matter of fact, I've been in a relatively <laughs> okay. It's been a, it's been a great weekend. Anywho, so let's talk so, about let's talk about the time whenever there was a an, uh, a black student. Uh, he was he was clearly low twenties. He may have he may have been eighteen. I mean, he was a young young kid getting up there. Kudos to him for getting up there. And listen, it's tough to it's tough to be in the presence of people like that and actually voice your opinion or voice a question. Right. But he got up there and he asked about uh, the issues going on in the black community and and everything that's going on, the awarenesses, the the movements, all this stuff. Right. And how could Joe Biden provide? I'm going to use the word assurances, but that that he would look after or make sure that there's progress being made in those areas. Ooh, and so soapbox alert coming. Well, so he Biden never answered this guy's question. He looked up and he said, I hope I answered your question. He's like, uh, yeah, maybe, I think maybe you did. I mean, this kid was so green that he was like, uh, I don't, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Like, what, what was he going to tell former vice president? Nope, you, nope, you didn't. Yeah. He was going to find his cojones and just be like, no, you didn't. Please tell me, please give me a better answer. No, I mean, he, he Biden put this young kid back on the spot. Did I answer your question? Uh, sure, maybe. Like that was exact response. Uh, Stephanopoulos had no idea if he answered the question because Biden then cut him off and just kept rambling and rambling and rambling and then started talking about his childhood and where he grew up and then where he moved to and then all these other things that he was exposed to, cultures being one of them that he wasn't familiar with growing up. And he just rambled kind of like what I'm doing right now. And it was ridiculous that he just he just kept going and listen when the moderator loses loses track of what yeah. you're saying you know it's you know, it's rough it's rough well i will say a couple of things to biden's credit which um i were some things that was always endearing of him to me mm-hmm. um is i i like his his backstory you know i, I like the idea of a, of a working blue class guy blue collar collar guy blue class um, yeah, I like the whole average. Not the green class, yeah, not the, green, not the Oompa but, Loompas. But I also like the whole average Joe mentality. I mean, duh. Clearly. Um, clearly. Um, but the story about how he lost his family and the commitment he made to taking a train home every night to be with his family. Um, I just have always had a lot of respect for him as a, as a father, as a man, you know. And okay. then even with how he handled his son's deployment um, in the military, um, him being in office, he could have spared his son from that. His son was the attorney general for their state. Yeah. And and he, he stood by his son's decision to serve. So there's a lot of things about Biden that I respect, and I, and I enjoy um, a lot of times when he gets the tough questions. Like a contrast between him and Trump. I do, I, I am going to get criticism for this, but I do believe Trump does care for people. Mm-hmm. I do believe deep down inside, he, he wants to be a nice person. Yeah. But he, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. And he's really bad at it on the spot. But Dude. Biden, on the other hand, Biden is Biden has become like I think we all want to be as we get older, yeah. we become increasingly more empathetic because we've experienced more. Sure. And so he does have that quality that you want in, in, a, in a leader. OK. That that can calm you. Okay. And they can be empathetic and, and show show kindness. Now, I could say on the flip side of the coin, right, that actions, sorry, 
actions have not always supported that demeanor that he exhibits when it came to decisions he's made or uh, stances he's taken. But uh, all things being equal. All, we're still only just talking about the town hall. Yeah. 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 But no, he did okay. a good job. Like, he stayed after the town hall. And he he did. For he absolutely hour. did. And so, I mean, he, ABC made sure that, to show you yeah. that. I, I don't believe that was fake, though. I believe that's genuinely him. I think he loves talking what to people. What was fake about it is that NBC was showing it the whole time in the, in the in the recap afterward. Oh, look at how great Joe Biden is. He even stayed after continuously well, talking to these people. The other thing is, is that several people in that audience that asked him questions, like one of them used to work for him. And there was multiple people there that had connections to him and Kamala and the DNC. Well, and that's fair. I mean, same, I, I mean what I liked George about worked for Clinton. What I liked about his uh, Clinton, police so. reform was he's like, don't shoot to kill, shoot him in the leg. Because that's an easier target than the chest. Well, than center mass, because that's easier to teach, because that's easier to instinctually show. I also liked how he said that cops aren't as smart as teachers. Because cops can't process all the stuff that teachers can process. Well, he also said that poor kids can be as smart as white kids if they try hard. So. That's try. And then he started throwing out all the other ethnicities after he caught himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, he he doesn't think when he when he talks. Uh, he he said let's let's send out psychologists with the police officers on distress calls. Let's send out people that. Okay, that's a great idea, but uh, those people should be armed as well. And they should be trained to use that arming, and they should be able to defend their life if their life is in jeopardy, if the de-escalation doesn't work. Right. Listen, I'm okay with that, but uh, it's the real the reality that there's enough psychologists to go around for all the police calls that get made and all the all the places they got to go where there is a some sort of distress. The reality that that's an a hundred percent going to well, happen okay. is pretty low. So, sidebar here. Oh, again? We, we do have a behavioral health crisis in this country. I don't, I we, don't we, doubt we don't that. We don't have enough Vaccines resources. Made, made peanut allergies, so I guarantee that vaccines made mental health illness. Well, social media... Or uh, exacerbated uh, it. Social media, technology, news itself, the deterioration of the family unit and the home. These are all a lot of things that have led to a, a people's deterioration of people's psyche, right? Yep. So if, we, if there are steps we can take from an early age... To, to build up a healthier, stronger, a stronger generation. Yep. There's things we can all do in our lives to work on that. But, but there's a stigma. You know, in other countries, they've moved past this. And so mental health is just as important as going to the doctor, going to the dentist, uh, you know, talking through things and stigma. But I, I know we see different on that. But um, I guess what I'm trying to get at, though, is that you need to have, um, you know, we, we put a high, a high emphasis on criminal justice being a prerequisite for, uh, individuals become police police officers yeah it could be that we need to also have a prerequisite certain behavioral health training yeah um the other thing i was going to say and I, I go back to this because you know different things shape you as a kid like how you think about things um i'm sure there's somebody listening that might have more details on this but the way it was told and i remember it was there was a child i think it was going who went to laos uh -huh. who was in the life class program there okay. he had some mental behavioral health issues okay um, and there was an incident at the home where he had lost control of himself. Okay. Um, and 911 was called. So the okay. police come out and the, the child had two kitchen knives. Okay. Cop said, stop. He, he didn't because he wasn't able to do that. Okay. 
um, he did not follow the commands because he wasn't going to. There was nothing. You know, I, I've, I've seen known working okay. people I got like you. that. And I'm uh, listening. He, he was killed. He was shot. Okay. Because, again, if somebody comes to a police officer with a knife, they're, they're going to protect their, their life. In jeopardy. And so I, I'm not judging those police officers. They did their training. I can't imagine what it's like to live with yourself if, after that. Absolutely. But listen, taking a life is not going to be an easy task, regardless of the situation. So for, for those situations and every other situation you see played out in the news and then the hundreds and thousands of ones that never make it to the news. Right. I don't think that there's a problem at all with asking those type of questions and we've talked about gun ownership right listen i don't think there's a problem asking the question i think that there's a problem in trying to mandate a single solitary response to every situation because every situation is vastly different it's like trying to raise three kids in the same household, you can't do the same thing for every kid. Exactly, you and, love them equally, but you raise them individually. Right, and the, because the, listen, they don't they don't all respond to a spanking if you're going to discipline them that way. Exactly. They don't all respond to grounding if you're going to discipline them that way. They don't all respond to positive reinforcement if that's how you're going to try to agreed curtail bad behavior. My point is, is that shoot him in the leg. That was his blanket recommendation. If a gun is going to be used, and that is not, that is not a hundred percent possible. I would even argue that's probably not even ten percent possible because of the 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 lack of being able to first of all hit a moving target. Second, you're reducing your target size to a leg as opposed to a, a torso, which the, the, there's a reason why targets at a gun range are in the shape of a torso because it is a broader target to hit. And it is easier for the lay person to yeah. hit that target. And it's easier to train in order to get better with that, to be able to identify where on the torso you're hitting. They don't show leg targets. And, I mean, the aim small, miss small is, is an excellent quote from, uh, from The Patriot. Excellent movie with Mel Gibson. It was a great one. And he taught his kids how to shoot. By using the phrase, aim small, miss small. And so my point is, is okay, yeah, it's possible, but it's not likely. So the thing, so we've had this discussion about CHLs and, and, and personal gun ownership. Yeah. A lot of the training that you, you get, whether it be official or unofficial, is if someone breaking in your home and you use your weapon, yep. you're shooting to kill. Center mass. You're Well, in, in theory, you're shooting to... Uh, Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, yeah. You're shooting to eliminate the, the threat. threat. Right. Once, if you if you continue, if you if your threat has been neutralized, right, and he's not dead or she, and you then kill him, it's potentially considered murder, because he was down or she, the, the the thief was down, and then you executed them. If you shoot to if you shoot them one time from 20 feet away or whatever, because they broke into your house, you recognized it pretty quickly, you had your gun nearby, and you shot them one time, and you killed them from just breaking into your house, you neutralized the threat, and they died during that, that's one thing. But if you go up and finish them off, that's where you're going to get prosecuted. <laughs> uh, no, I agree You're with that. going to get sued or <laughs> but, go to jail or maybe potentially. But like my moral conflict with that, which I, I'm saying I feel like all the people probably have is, is like there's a difference somebody breaking into my home, uh-huh. there's a difference in someone making a bad decision uh-huh. versus somebody trying to like rape, kill, murder, bur- torch, 
Yeah. You know All of I mean? which are bad decisions. Agreed. Yes. But okay. I'm saying there's, <laughs> there, there's different levels of threats. Now I understand the flip side of the argument is if someone's coming into my home, I don't know who they are, or what their intentions are. Absolutely. You don't know what they're, but intentions I'm just, are. I guess what I'm just saying is, is that I, I can understand and empathize with, with, with people across the country in all professions yep. saying, is there not a better way or a different way of going about it than someone's life ending because of their poor choice in that moment? Yep. And the choice that we're act we're asking other humans who are imperfect. Let's talk make. about uh, the whole fracking comment because there's a there's a reel yeah. going out with uh, old what's her face uh, Kamala Harris where in the debates in the primaries where she said she's absolutely in favor of fracking and then in the debate with the vice presidential candidates she said Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That's a fact. That's a fact, and that's like how she went about it, and uh, which she had zero elaboration on it. So she said that's a fact twice, but uh, so fracking is is where we're getting a lot of our uh, what is it? Uh, uh, natural gas, natural gas, and other petroleum byproducts. Uh, yeah, process. So uh, he, I mean, they're talking about the Green New Deal and trying to have net zero carbon emissions. And all this other stuff, which okay, sounds amazing, right? From the grand scheme of, uh, being why can't able we to, just say we want to reduce emissions? The net zero thing's crappy. I get it; it's you ridiculous. Could, you could pollute, but spend a lot of money donating recycled products, and then your company gets a net zero certification. The whole right? I understand. It's, to me, it's a lot of jargon that makes it sound really good, but it's also just political jargon. But he's like, he said we'd have a net zero carbon emission by the year twenty thirty five, and. Listen, my thoughts on this is if he gets elected and goes for two terms, he's out by 2028. Uh, he has zero impact on what actually is going to happen in 2035. He may not even be alive by 2020, 2035. And so he's talking about all these things that are going to have 15 plus years of, of, of benefit. And listen, he's of an age right now where a simple virus, a simple virus, a virus like COVID can can go ahead and be the end of you within within weeks, and so he's talking about all these things being done by 2035, and I'm sitting back like, uh, yeah, but then the very next president can come in and completely eradicate all of that stuff. So 2035 should not be what you are pushing in 2020. Well, that's that's part of of, of the rub. So. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's political jargon. The, the people that are the biggest champions of the Green New Deal are in their 30s and 40s. Sure. And we know that once you're in office, you very rarely leave office for your whole lifetime, i.e. Nancy Pelosi. Uh -huh. So that is what it is. And I think that's part of it. There's also, I mean, we're not even going to get into the, the whole thing of the House now making a commission for the sole purpose of like what the 25th amendment to remove the next president from office. If their if their council deems that they're unfit for service. So, I mean, let your imagination take you to what that's going to look like, um, in the Biden, uh, Kamala Harris administration. But, but back to the fracking though, real quick. Um, yes, they want fracking as well as all, uh, petroleum based energy done. Right. In the next 20 years. Like, isn't that gas for a car and stuff? Like it's it, everything. I yeah. mean, we're talking it being strictly all on solar power. So he uh, called. Water. He said that energy. He said he said energy stored in barrels. Is that right? Is that accurate? Well, he called no. it barrels of energy. Well, you, okay. Was he so, in the oil business for a long time? I don't, so the thing of that is, is that we don't have 
mass storage capacities. That's why, like, we have solar panels in your house. Yeah, you end up getting paid by them because you're you're the you're Tesla's increasing te- the ability of them well, to distribute the energy. Yeah, because you else. can't you can't keep it. There's no place to keep it. Now Tesla's made some great strides with batteries that can hold more power for longer periods of yep. time. But it's that. it's the same thing with part of what's. So California is an example of what they want the rest of the country to do. So you can't store the energy on the good months that it's coming in, like if it's super sunny or if it's super windy. Right. So they're they're and and then they're making them turn all the other power plants off, and then there's not enough power to go around later when they need it. Right. But to the fracking thing though, so in the so his compromise with the Green New Deal that he adopted was mm-hmm. not that he was going to end fracking. But under his administration, they would not allow any new fracking. Well, listen, so fracking he also w- wants to get away from fossil fuels, right? So how can you get away from it without banning fracking? Well, the, how the, can you get away from it without ending something altogether? The sad thing is, uh, is that natural gas is much better for the environment than anything else. But frac- the practice of fracking is what's concerning. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't I think we've all reaped the benefit of being energy independent. I also don't think that there is a coincidence from the fact that we, in the last four years, we've become energy independent. And you know what? We haven't invaded a country in the Middle East. Yep. Where, you know, we're, we're talking like half a dozen to a dozen countries we invaded in the, over the last two decades, over the last two administrations. Yep. So there's, there's a, there's a direct correlation between that. And, and uh, I think we as Americans should care about that because of all the lives uh, of our soldiers that have been saved from it. But here's the thing. I personally, I don't like fracking because before fracking, we didn't have earthquakes in Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a beautiful, uh, wonderfully written movie by our our favorite guy, Jim, uh, uh, John Kraskansky. Okay. Not his name, but yeah, 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 yeah. But Matt Damon's in it. English Uh, is hard. Yeah, it's hard. And uh, I believe it's called Graceland and it's written about fracking and how the natural gas companies um, go into these rural areas. And so I think it's set in possibly Kentucky. It's worth a watch if you haven't ever watched it. It's really eye-opening. Okay, so my last little bit about Joe Biden town hall yeah. was was the lady with the two daughters, and her eight-year-old daughter is transgender. And she oh, We're asked, touching all the topics. We're today. touching all of them. She asked what he would do. To me, this was a softball question. She asked oh. what he would do to make sure that uh, prejudices and uh, discrimination and whatever wasn't, uh, like, didn't become a problem, basically. And so, yeah, that, listen, to me, that's an easy, yeah, I'm going to make sure that there's no discrimination across the board, which is, I think, was his almost verbatim answer. But then he goes in and he says... He talks about a story about two guys kissing that he saw for the first time when they, oh, him and his geez. dad rolled up to New York, and his dad said, Joey, listen, they love each other. And that was the only explanation he gave. And, I mean, he's a young kid, so his answer is like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, because he has no other concept of what his dad could have meant, right? Well, his response in there was, if an 8-year-old decides that it'll make their life easier— Eight-year-olds have zero clue about life in general. They have no clue about how their life is going to be made more difficult or easy or any of that stuff because they are in a world all their own. 
And listen, okay, listen, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be, I'm not trying to jump on any bandwagon. I'm just saying that the, the common sense in which Joe Biden lacks is astounding because he's saying things that make no sense in, whenever he's answering softball questions. I think they, they all, both of them, have such a huge opportunity all the time to just say, like, the right thing in the moment that's going to do no harm to their campaign and not yeah. irritate a bunch of people. But my biggest thing with that is, is and again, I want to preface this with. I'm not I, trying to take a stance on whether transgender and all that stuff shouldn't no, no, be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm it not, just was a, it, he was it, talking about an the, eight-year-old making lifelong well, changing yeah. decisions. I go back to the fact of if if we're saying that eight-year-olds and five-year-olds and, yeah. and three-year-olds and ten-year-olds, ten year olds, if we're saying that they're not of the right age and development to handle sex, yes, then they're not in the in the right place in development and capable of reassigning their sexual identity. Yeah. So I'm right. not saying I'm not. This is not me saying that they should or shouldn't, but or it's right or wrong. But that's I'm just my saying point: is that he's saying it doesn't take place. My point is he's saying that an eight-year-old is making a grand statement about their entire life when they've only had eight years to consider, and even yeah. still, they haven't had eight years to consider because they weren't considering anything for the first year well, or two. My thing is, is that if you're 18 years old in this country. You're not allowed to drink alcohol, and if you're eight, if you're 18, 18 years old in Texas, you can't use tobacco. But we're going to say that an eight year old should be able to say, you know what? Let's go through reassignment, and I want to be a, a, a either a boy or a girl. Again, I'm not I'm not judging someone's want for their life or, or who they think that they are. What I'm saying is, is that eight year olds, they we don't let eight year olds decide when they're going to go to bed. We yep. don't let eight year olds decide when they're not going to go to the doctor. Yeah. Eight-year-olds don't make any decisions like that for themselves. How Ever. in the world? Ever. They make decisions of what candy bar they want from the gas station. Yeah, and you may or may not let them have it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, if an eight-year-old says, make, hey, I want to go do a bump of Coke, are you going to let them do a bump of Coke? They make a decision no. at a restaurant whenever they have a kid's menu. And again, you may or may not let them have it. If there's a gluten allergy, you have to eliminate a couple things off of that yeah. thing. There's all kinds of stuff that there are so many restrictions on the mind of an eight-year-old yeah. that ha them having the ability, I mean, this is just what he said. He just said yeah. that makes a decision that would make their life easier. No, I mean, if they want to uh, dress a certain way or wear their hair a certain way, I, it's fine. Kids I can't explore tell you things. how many times when Tara was eight, she was crawling around acting like she was a tiger. Yeah. I mean, or a wolf, I think. Max yeah, but you would, you would not let her go get tattooed, pierced, and have fangs. Well, I mean, I wouldn't let her tell her to go have a whole like uh, body hair transplant situation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So See it's if not, you can it's find about, a tail somewhere that you can sew onto your support, butt crack. Support your child. And exploring who they are and being who they are, but they're not capable of making permanent decisions. Right. And that's See, to me, the protection that's, of the kid. To me, that's that's a, a conversation that the parents... Yeah. That's a conversation that involves and solely involves the parent. Yeah. And that's their decision. The government has no say in that. So anyways, and listen, if whatever, mom wants to allow that child to do that, okay, that is her God-given right to allow her child to do what she says is allowable. I, I mean, I'm just saying. That's I Mama's God-given right. Well, if, but, if if Mama says, "Okay, you can do that," that's her God-given right. That's her child that we both agree are 
are blessings from God. We, we, I do. Therefore, but, motherhood is a blessing from God. Yes. Therefore, it is a God-given right for you uh, yes, to of course. Uh, be able to make that decision. Now, is, is God going to agree with it? Are, are you going to agree with it? Am yeah, I going to no, agree? No. Listen, it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. What I'm okay. saying is, is there science and laws that dictate what we can or can't do as human beings in this Absolutely. country? I know and, you're a little shook and, about this and, one. And what we can or can't do. The point is, is that if a parent says, a I want my my <laughs> minor child to be able to do illegal drugs. Yep. The, we don't, we, we're not, we, the yep. government is allowed to say no to that. So I'm just saying there are some things. There's precedent for the government to be able to step in to prevent a parent from doing something for a child. Yeah, Absolutely. like if you, if you want your four-year-old to have cosmetic surgery for not to re, re, repair a cleft palate or something, but you wanted them to have a different nose or you wanted to have some other feature augmented, nine times out of ten, that would be say, no, we're not allowed to do that. Okay. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. All right, so let's talk about Trump's. Gotcha. Okay. First of all, Savannah Guthrie is the worst person in the history of people. And if I ever see her ever again on TV or on social media, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up. So uh, it's ridiculous. She I... was terrible. She was absolutely god awful trash, <laughs> garbage juice. Here's the deal: she automatically makes everything about any show that she hosts worse just by her face being on it. Now, automatically, you okay. know what? I used to think she was hot. Now. She's the ugliest well, person here's in the, the history thing. of things. You had everybody, all the celebrities, saying, wait for it. It's not fair. It's not fair that he gets to have a town hall. It's not fair that you're going to show it at the same time as Joe Biden's. Now, here's the deal. More people watch Joe Biden's than they watch Trump's. Uh, but, but they didn't care about that. You had NBC stars, powerhouses of NBC, Want, asking all their fans to boycott it because NBC they sold out to the man. They've all sold out to the man, and and even though that media companies have to give evil coverage to folks during these times, and they Biden couldn't have his own show and not Trump not have one. I don't agree with them doing it at the same time. I think they should have found a way to make it work better. But whatever. Okay. But I'm saying what I'm saying though is is that she had to come out that way. To, for her in her mind to save face in her industry. Okay, I don't care. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying. Well, she no, she's not great. Sucks. She didn't do a great she's job. She's the worst. She succumbed. If she to it. ever, ever, ever does another debate, I will never watch it. Well, here's the thing. Ever. She, she wasn't a journalist. To, she needs to be fired like all those guys in the Me Too movement just because, just on principle. It was ridiculous. Well, don't get me started on that either. But here's the deal, because that's another thing that's a matter of convenience in this country. That was okay. what I thought we were going to talk here's about. Here's the deal tonight. with Trump. But anyway, Trump's Trump's actual town hall took 20 minutes to get started. I looked yeah. at the clock. It was 20 minutes from the time the recording started to the time the first question was asked. Savannah Guthrie, Miss In Fact, took 20 minutes, 20 minutes to get all the stuff that she had to say to Trump off her chest or off her notepad or whatever before she allowed one question from a pe- from a person in the audience. To me, that was completely ridiculous, and it also made it to where Trump was debating her because she then established some kind of, some kind of show dominance. Like, this is my show, Trump. You're a guest on my show. 
and I'm taking control of it. And it she showed won. by how many times she interrupted Trump while he was trying to answer somebody in his 40-minute well, town hall, which if we're thinking about comparisons, Biden had twice the town hall that Trump did because Guthrie <clears throat> took 20 minutes away from it. Well, my thing was is that... Yes, she made it all about her. She made it all about her agenda. 100% because it was all about her facts that she wanted to enlighten the president about. The thing of it was is that I don't— I couldn't tell you. I could not count how many times she said, because in fact, this is what it is. In fact, this is what that—this is the facts. This is in the—in fact, this is what it is. So I can't he, tell you how many times all she did. Journalists, it was ridiculous. We, it was ridiculous. We don't have journalists anymore that— Report the news and just ask simple questions, right? Absolutely. That doesn't happen. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ding her too bad for having her own quote unquote personal agenda. What my problem was is is like okay, if she hates Trump and she thinks everything Trump says is a lie, and she has her own interpretation of what the truth is about Trump, fine, that's cool. Hate on him, slam him, treat him like crap, get in line with everybody else that does it, whatever. My what really rubbed me the wrong way is she was very, in my opinion, disrespectful to all the people that put their life at risk in COVID coming to that event and all the people that were there to represent all the many Americans around this country. I think she was disrespectful to them and she was disrespectful to the democratic process that we're all engulfed in right now. Uh, uh, like, for again, I, I, I posted worst online. person yeah. in media. Well, I, I say Absolute that I like George... Person. Stephanopoulos, how he handled Trump. And a lot of people we know that are friends with are like, oh my gosh, he was horrible. He he picked on Trump, this, that, and the other. I appreciated that he took a civil tone to it. You don't have to agree with the man. You can call the man out on his, you know what, but you can at least be, be have a civil tone about it. Dude, I can't tell you I how many she times did. she said stuff like, uh, uh, let's just drop it for now. Like she didn't have a good rebuttal to anything he said. She just had a point she had to make. And whenever he rebutted and combated back at her because he had to debate her she was like well let's just drop it for now but yeah because you're because you're stupid well but here's man, the thing savannah Guth, man she it was ridiculous she, she did, but it was ridiculous she did a great job though no, she didn't no, no yeah she did because she accomplished her mission well she did a great job for her own agenda she didn't do a great job for a moderator of a debate or a town hall no no, no, no but here's the deal here's the deal no, she was there's, basically there's, the other candidate up on the stage a lot of people feel as though our president is a child and he behaves as such on a regular basis um and throws tantrums and he's not dude a, he handled himself phenomenally well in that town hall. i think that he did handle himself better than he has but he still he still got baited he it's still true. let the hook get set and he still he still went down that path and and that's something for me that was frustrating as an american watching a candidate do right because here's the thing Savannah Guthrie, as as hard as she came at him, is not going to be as as hard or as manipulative or as aggressive as these other world leaders. Dude, she had to be right all the time. I'm just going to say it. She's like every woman. She had to be right all the time. I'm going to draw a distinction before lightning strikes. That was the average Joe Booze assessment of things. That was not, I I do not cast that wide of a brush. Whenever the the mother-daughter got up there and started asking, and he talked about masks, or she asked about masks and stuff, and he said, I'm I'm fine with the mask. Uh, Wear it or don't wear it. You're, You're a grown person, generally speaking. You can make the choice to wear a mask if you want to, if you feel like it's okay, safe, not safe, whatever. Wear it, don't wear it. Like, okay, 
the the there have been several things we've talked about them on the show. There have been several people that have said don't wear a mask, and then they came back and said wear a mask, and then other things that continuously combat whether or not masks are good or or virtual. But then, but Trump stopped her while she was trying to like prove her point in some capacity and be right again. He stopped her and was like, Savannah, Savannah, we're on the same page. Yeah, no, like, I know. She, like, she had to be right so much that she didn't even hear when he was in agreement with her. Well, it, I, the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that, again, I, I think that there wasn't anything that he was going to say or do that Dude. was going to resonate, and that's whatever. I mean, yeah, there was it, nothing he could say that was going to appease old SG. Okay, nothing that was going to to appease old Miss. In fact, I'm, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a nice person here, and I'm gonna say again, I'm not gonna hold her 110 percent responsible for her actions from the standpoint of the pressure and the instruction she was given. Whatever, I, I think saying, I think NBC I does think producers she, and everybody else. I, yeah, they have producers, but they don't. That wasn't a. There was no script there. That was all her. You can't tell me that there that that was her going off script. There was a strategy to that. How they were. Gonna I can that. I can tell you that she was given things, and she came up with her responses. I mean, it's the same way with the woman who did the vice presidential debate. Listen, it's the same thing as this. Okay, I wrote down notes, but I'm not writing down exactly what to say. Points you want to get brought up. Right. Yeah, yeah. So she was given points to bring up, and she may have been given some of uh, some articles or whatever that have some information. But one hundred percent, she said everything that she wanted to say, and incorporated the things the producers gave her. Okay, and it was ridiculous. Uh, we talked about the potential uh, tampering when she when uh, when they spent half of that first twenty minutes talking about when he contracted COVID. And she asked if he had any symptoms remaining. There was 10 to 20 seconds of feed that was just spontaneously cut out. Uh, and then she was talking about uh, how there's confusion about when he tested positive and all this other stuff. Because was it during the debate whenever he contracted COVID? Was it before the debate? Yeah. All this other stuff. There was confusion. Who cares? Who so cares? You, you, he was, He tested positive after the debate. That's when the knowledge came out, and he says he tests all the time. Okay, so she she like tried to harp on this one point. Did you take a test the day of of the debate? Okay, and she she harped on it for several minutes, and yeah. he said that there was no problem. Whenever she said the debate commission rules said that you come with a negative test, and he said there was no problem, and all of the doctors. Uh, said that everything well, was good. And the other thing is, he said he tests all the time, okay? Now, let me just put this into perspective, okay? I know this was only two or three weeks ago, but let's just say he's taken 20 tests because of how because of how frequently he's out in public, because he did get it, and now he's testing more frequently to make sure he gets two negatives or whatever the rule is nowadays. Uh, in this past World Series... Hey, Cody Bellinger, what was the fourth pitch on your third at bat? I don't know. I saw 200 pitches. I don't remember what that exact pitch was. I mean, come on. You're testing all the time. You're not going to remember the exact date and time of everything See, when it's is, a regular occurrence. This is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to criticize him because he had, there was the, he had there the was opportunity the, to just say yes. 
But yes, but, but it goes deeper than that, man. He had an opportunity when he tested positive for COVID to really, to seriously, like it, it, my, my, my frustration is, is if, I, if I'm him and I really want to win this presidency, right? This was the time for him to completely change the whole narrative and quote unquote heal the nation. All he had to do was, was take a step back and be a little bit humble and be tactical with how things were being communicated. But God bless the man, incapable of getting out of his own way. The doctors lied. He, the doctors didn't have to answer anything. He could, he could have said, you know what? This is my protected health information. I don't want it discussed. But that's not how he did it. So the doctors are going out there making statements, and they're dodging questions. And then somebody within the administration is releasing contradictory information afterwards. And then the next day, the doctors are like, oh, well, so technically that happened. And then God bless the man. I, you know, again, so many opportunities, but he gets a couple days out of this. Right. And then he's talking about he basically took one for the team. And then he may or may not have been touched by God for the whole thing. So, again, I, I don't have a problem with the media saying, listen, you opened this. You put you allowed this to happen because you. You've been accused of lying about the coronavirus because of this Bob Woodward interview, right? That you've been you've been trying to, to manage after the fact. Now, even with your own case, you've been dishonest to the American people, and you went out of your way to be dishonest. It's not like you got set up in a trap. You went out of your way to be there. So I'm okay with her want, wanting to ask questions. I'm okay with anybody trying to get to the, to the answer, to, to the meat of it. I'm going to tell you that I'm not okay with him just not saying yes. Yes, I was tested on that day. Yeah, I was tested on that day. Whether it was five o'clock in the morning when he was getting off Air Force One, or whether it was six o'clock in the evening, an hour before the debate, and he was tested. Well, the other the other problem with this is is that there that woman I forgot her name that the first person that was declared positive, right? They knew that she had tested positive, and he still went to I think Jersey that day that night and did something before. They let the information come out, and before he was he was rapid tested again. So, so there are. I, I, I'm not saying that that for the, everybody that supports Trump, and I don't think he wanted to go infect people. Everybody who hates Trump, you know, I, I don't think he was purposely trying to be Satan either. It was a very, it was a reckless move, and it was a stupid move. That's the thing. Like both of these guys, I mean, Biden the same way. They cannot get out of their own way. Like That's me fair. and you, two average Joes. Yeah should not be able to strategically like identify, you know what I mean? Better ways to run for president. That's we fair. shouldn't be able to do it. I don't understand. Well, so my biggest, my biggest thing for her was she was like, okay, that, that provided some clarity for some folks. And I was like, no, that was clarity for the media. And, and that was just food for the media. That whole, that, what was the, ana, the analysis? What was the analysis by media outlets about, her little rant going on about being tested the day of. It was, the president doesn't even know if he was tested. When does he test? He doesn't even test every day. And it was just rattling on about that because of that little rant. So it was was not for folks. It was for the media. Did you ever watch Super Danny? No. You never, ever? That was never on? No. The the big British lady? Yeah. No. So. So I mean, like that's the only thing I I recall. She's a a thicker person. British lady. I'm not saying she's okay. She's, she's all that. Kind of a she's giant. all that in a crumpet. I get it. Uh, but one of her big things was when dealing with children was ask and answered. Okay. Ask and answered. Okay. 
You know, and so I kind of wish both candidates would take that approach. Absolutely. I think they should be hammered for the questions that they won't answer or the questions that they've lied about. That's fine. But I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired. Like, I'm tired of hearing about the fracking because I understand what Biden said now. I'm tired of hearing about the Dude, the I got Carolina tired of her thing. treating him like she was a school teacher. Well, like she was like trying to discipline him in his in her classroom. She was like talking about that garden reception or whatever that they had at the White House. And they, they didn't have masks, and they, like, clearly identified all the people's names in the picture and stuff, which, okay, whatever. Look at all these people that aren't wearing a mask. Well, I, they did that because of Nancy Pelosi going to that nail salon. But here, and they're but like, oh, the, we're going to get back at these Republicans. But, here, but she said, shouldn't you have known better? Like, what is she? Is she seriously trying no, to teach I him understand. a lesson? Stop. Okay, next. She's, <laughs> he was talking about the Gold Star families that he met with, the people that had lost loved ones in, right. in, in the military. And uh, he was, and he said that. Listen, I'm the president. I got to go out and see people. And she's like, "Well, can't you see him with a mask on?" And then he, then she said, "Are you saying that grieving military families gave you COVID?" Like the entire process of her talking to him was 100 percent demeaning. It was not. It had zero repute. In any Again, way, shape, or form, she had an opportunity for a for a, a world class juxtaposition, and I'm pretty sure she took it as her her badge of honor, her own personal that vendetta. She was of going some kind. to t- take some back. For, for how other reporters have been treated throughout the thing. And again, I can see both sides of it, right? Like if I'm Trump, I'm thinking, my my God, why are we consistently doing gaslighting? Call me out on what I screwed up on. But Savannah was, Guthrie, the interrupter. Savannah, the interrupter Guthrie. You know, so I, Sorry, I, get I just his had a Savannah fr- it's moment. It's fine. I understand his frustration with the you. media. I apologize. But I can, I can also understand some of the other um, media folks stuff. As well, I can't hear those half the time, but um, I can understand uh, the frustration all the way around. Listen, um, I'm gonna say, so, I'm gonna say one of the best things about either one of those debates is or over? town halls, <laughs> the ending. <laughs> no, is uh, when Trump used the phrase "excess mortality." I didn't know what excess mortality was whenever he used that phrase, because she was talking about the two hundred ten thousand. And then he kind of combated her about mm-hmm. 2200000 was what we were doing. And she said, yeah, if we did absolutely nothing, that's what it would be, which is not true. And then, uh, but anyways, he, he brought out statistics that there are spikes in the UK and, and Europe and everything. And he said that the America is down 200, uh, 21%. And everybody else is up hundreds of percents, percentage points. And she said, yeah, but per capita, we're still higher. And he said, in excess mortality... We're down across the board. Do you know what excess mortality is? I don't remember off the top of my head. Excess <sighs> mortality is the amount of people above and beyond what normally would have died in a given year. Okay. Uh, let's call it upon, mm. upon an average. Okay. Without this COVID, people are going to die from the flu. They're going to die from car wrecks. They're going to die from heart attacks. They're going to die from old age. They're going to die from suicide. They're going to die from all these different things. And, and all those numbers are dramatically down. Well. So my point is, he used the phrase excess mortality, which means above and beyond what is normal, what is relatively normal uh, or average, the COVID has caused a certain number of deaths beyond that. Therefore, 
that's the excess of mortality that we have to look at. Okay, but you know how when me and you get in debates and yeah. we get very frustrated with each other. Sure. When we use a statistic to make our point, but the other one doesn't, it feels as though it's a cop out. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to say, you're going to say that the phrase excess mortality is a cop out. I'm going to say excess mortality. You're going to say that I'm going to say, if I can finish saying that, you're going to say mortality, that the 15,000 people that had cancer this year and only 2000 of them, their death certificate read, they died of cancer and the other 13,000 died of COVID. You're going to say that I'm going to say, you're going to say that cancer wasn't the reason that they ultimately is, died. is on a parallel with your interpretation of some of those DAX debts. No, the DAX debts are absolutely right on. And tonight, whenever Andy Dalton goes for half a half a century here, we're okay. going to see what it is. So what? 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 Yeah, I know we need to get on that game. But here, but what I'm saying though is, is that you have a great reduction for for half the year, a reduction in travel, a reduction auto, automobile usage, a reduction in airplane travel. So there's a whole bunch of those metrics that that, that equate to what the total average death is, where people were removed from those situations. Therefore, the average should have been lower. So it's not proportionate is what I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, but then at. you also have thing you also have proportions that went in favor uh, or like increased from an average like suicides because people became more depressed because of losing jobs, financial situations, uh being around. But it's a it, it's a it's a statistic being presented as black and white which is very much not it's a black sti- and white. It's not a statistic that's being presented as black and white. It's a statistic being presented as a concept of death in a normal year. Generally speaking, so it's not black and white, especially when I okay. said generally Can speaking. Can we agree that if you have almost a quarter of a million people that it, that have been told that that have died, we've been told they have died specifically because of coronavirus, okay? Uh-huh. I don't want to get in debate with anyone if it really was or wasn't, but I'm just saying there's, there's 200, there's families of over almost a quarter million people in this country that have been told they lost their loved one because of COVID. They died alone because of COVID. Uh-huh. They couldn't bury them because of COVID, okay? Telling the American people, I'm just saying for him, this was another one of those stupid bonehead things. If I, if that's a quarter of a million people, that's a lot of families. You yeah, know what I mean? and like, listen, he has out. he has said he has been sympathetic to that the entire time because I mean he's made the comment one person dying of this is too many. Therefore, this is clearly too much that we've had to deal with. I understand, but okay? I'm, I'm saying in 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 the sentiment of as our moms would tell us growing up, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. To a lot of people that have experienced the tragedy, have been touched by this tragedy of this year, it comes off like saying, "Hey, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but you're stupid." You know what I mean? Like prefacing it with, uh, "I'm not trying to be rude." Because some of us were spared. Those who weren't, the 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 families who remain, they're being talked down to because if, of his tone. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying that's a. I can understand that perception. If I'm mourning the loss, or my life has been ruined because I, I was I'm out of work. Uh-huh. All these these horrible things have happened. Like you've seen uh, that story passed around online about that 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 family where the boy out of nowhere committed suicide. Okay. You know if I'm if I'm one of these people probably listed as a COVID mortality. Well, he no, he does list it as COVID mentality because if his child, if their community hadn't shut down the schools uh-huh. and his kid would have been in school with his friends and involved sure. in activities, he's sure. he's convinced his son would not have committed suicide. Absolutely, sure. So, so anyways, I'm so sure he believes that you have those folks, and I'm not, and he was, I think this guy's even a Trump supporter. What I'm getting at though is, is that I can't balk someone for for that leaving a bad taste in their mouth anytime he's braggadocious about our stats. 
That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think I'm he's. Not say, I don't think he's braggadocious. That, I think he's trying. He is to, braggadocious. I don't think he's braggadocious from the standpoint of he's trying to show that there is hope that this thing is nearing an end. Well, no, he he is. Bra- he also said he, we're rounding a corner. He, well, he's been saying that. Okay, but my point is, is that he's trying to establish <laughs> that there is. Uh, yes. There is a light on the Sometimes horizon. Sometimes he does that, and I agree with it. But I'm saying, anytime I criticize, let's say for this, me and you, every time I criticize you about how you've handled a soccer game, okay, and you start rattling off all these obscure stats that you're the best in, right? That's going to be weird, right? If 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 I if you were to give me a criticism on on um, something I was trying to do. Or how I was handling something in my life. And then I was immediately coming back at you with all these other miscellaneous things around it. Uh-huh. Okay? That, that, that'd be off-putting. That wouldn't make a whole well, lot of sense. The, listen, so that's what I'm saying. Deal, when, when you say, the only Mr. Trump, thing, you, you, they're your, not your miscellaneous. Actions, but when you say, Mr. Trump, why, why did you do this? Or how come you didn't do this? Or I'm giving you some question or commentary being critical of how you've handled COVID. And your response isn't, well, I stand by my decision. My response isn't, I, I screwed up. My response is, well, no, no, no. Here's the deal. We're the best testers in the world. We're the best at this. We're the best at that. We're the best at that. That follows a pattern of his rhetoric, rhetoric, uh, rhetoric. rhetoric that is self-grandizing. And again, you've heard me but on it's this all, podcast. But it's not. His whole thing is but make America is. great. No, no. So he does he, say if we're that. the best at everything. Okay, he does say that a lot, but I'm telling you that sometimes whenever he is directly criticized, he becomes very self-grandizing. He's well, always okay. been. Okay, let way. me ask you this question: If you were to blame because of this pandemic, if you were to blame because of the fallout of this pandemic, not because of the start of it, but because of how you handled something that had large effects. You were 100% to blame every time that this subject gets brought up. Aren't you going to become defensive? Because you, in all reality, have zero control over this virus. I'm fine with him being defensive. But you just said that he's getting defensive, so therefore he's coming off-putting. I'm saying he's choosing to be braggadocious in some of these settings, and that is off-putting. That's what I'm saying. But what he's doing is defending himself. He's not becoming braggadocious. He's he's defending his decisions with data. Listen, he he is in many cases, which is why I defend my position about Dak with data. In many cases, Uh, huh? Come on, man, braggadocious. Would you just shut up? He's bragged. Okay, thanks, Biden. He's braggadocious. Okay, and I'm saying that's off putting for a lot of people. Of course, he has. He he's a natural competitor. How many times do you see a natural take competitor example, not brag? Take, take whenever, for example, look at the game-winning run that Bellinger hit in Game Seven. He threw his bat down, almost, almost bat flipped, but I think he thought twice about it and just he walked the first twenty feet, looking at his dugout, being like bragging because he just hit a home run and did something good. Trump has done good things. With this stuff, I'm not saying, but he it's hasn't. a lose lose situation. I, I have to to the bane of my existence defended this man on multiple occasions and given him my support. But I've also, you know, like I've also equally called out and and, and given criticism when I didn't agree with something, whether it be um, how some of the things are being handled with those uh, border facilities, where it be his stance on. 
freedom of speech in sportings, there, sporting events. There's been a lot of things that I've criticized of him. I'm just telling you that if I'm an affected family or a grieving person, I'm not his, his approach to this in a lot of cases is not going to set well with me. And so that's here's the thing. I'm not saying the man's responsible for everything. I'm just saying this is a prime example of he should just shut up sometimes. Yeah, but you're also saying and, that and he not can't, go about it the way. But you're also saying that he can't use statistics that have been given to him. He didn't go get these statistics. If you're a doctor and you go tell somebody, you're saying that he can't use this to to defend himself because it comes if, off braggadocious. No, I didn't say he couldn't defend himself. But that is what he's doing, no, and you got to see that. Th- no, he's doing two different things. With COVID, he's defending his own decisions. No, there's a difference between defending your actions and choices and bragging about erroneous statistics. It's like if you lose your if we lose a family family member or friend and the surgeon or the doctor comes out into the waiting room. How are you using this? Says, how are you trying to use this in this situation whenever you started saying that Dak was the greatest quarterback because of a one time he threw 500 400 yards wasn't one time, and ran three touchdowns. There's, there's He's the only quarterback to do one There's at least a dozen of, stats. There's only there's one game stats. where he, he had 400 yards and three touchdowns stats. rushing. There's at least a dozen stats. There's there's only, but there's only one stats. game that he, he's love, the only quarterback feel, to ever do that. I and that's like an arbitrary is, stat. We're doing an impression of the debate right now, which I love, <laughs> the, the symmetry in it. But there's like a dozen stats that he owns now that no one else does. But we're not talking about Dak. What I'm trying to say is, is that I'm fine with the president defending his stance, his decisions, his thought process, the whole nine yards. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Still the, should be on for. I'm of the understanding how he defended the Bob Woodward investigation. I, I'm, I don't have a lot of qualms with it. I think he could have said it better. But yes, I understand the notion of not panicking people and lessening a blow. All the leaders throughout history that have been considered great have done the exact same thing. But again, there are some instances where he goes out of his way to be braggadocious. He is he does not humble himself when he should. And his execution of communicating things is oftentimes an extremely poor taste and done insensitively. Okay, and so those are honest criticisms of the man. I'm not going to give any elected official a free pass. You know Listen, what I mean? So that's my just how biggest, I feel about it. My biggest issue with this whole debate, this whole debate process, this whole election process, this whole town hall that we're talking about right now, is that there were only two truly important nationwide issues Trump asked was asked about in uh, in his in his town hall, okay. it was taxes, corporate tax cuts, and such. Yeah, and um, what was the other one? Oh, Obamacare and health care, nationwide health care, or Jeez. whatever. I, I just, which is which? Listen, all of it. I mean, all of it's that, relatively we can do that ridiculous. Next week if you want to, because that's but, another soapbox of mine. I'd love to dive in. But he's talking. He had to. He has to denounce. White supremacy every time he's on a, a conversation with anybody. I can't. Every I can't single time he has anymore. to denounce white supremacy. How many times does he? How many times does he have to denounce it? But before people believe him, well, or before people stop asking, how how many times do they got to ask? The other thing is uh, his own tax returns. People are saying how much he's had, and he made the comment that it's illegal for them to have my tax returns without my permission. It's illegal for that to happen. I'm also in an IRS audit, and my lawyers have said, while you're in this audit, don't release your tax returns. And she said, do you know how easy it would be for you to just give everybody your tax returns and put this issue to bed? He said, "Uh, yeah, it's common sense not to do it right now because I'm in the middle of this audit. 
And I'm sitting back like, okay, that was kind of the first, that was his first blowback to her, and it came within the last five minutes. Like, he, he res- in my opinion, he reserved himself. He kind of did blow back at her once where he said, uh, I know how you are, so I, that's why I have all these papers here <laughs> or whatever, whenever he's talking about the percentages yep. that's, that said the opposite of what she was saying. When We're talking about the arbitrary statistics, whatever they are, but he kind of blew back at her a little bit. I know how you are, so I also came prepared. But then later on, she's like, it would be so easy for you to just give us your tax returns and show us what you actually did pay, which is completely not a qualification of being able to run the country because of your tax returns. Well, here's the deal. I, I, I trust one of the reasons I wanted to support Trump outside of my loathing for the criminal uh, that is Hillary Clinton that, you know, her bill both should be put away, but uh, was because I appreciated his business mindset. I'm against Taxes. I hate taxes. I think taxes are stupid. We should have a, a sales tax. It'd be so much simpler, and people wouldn't be able to screw the system. There's a John Stossel special, special he did that he condensed into three or four minutes. I think I shared it last night. Okay. I'd encourage anyone to watch it. I enjoyed it so thoroughly much. And my thing is, is like, who's going to come at John Stossel? Uh-huh. The dude's a legit journalist. So, sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but... I don't want to pay taxes. Anytime I get a bunch of money back on my tax return, I feel like I've done my job right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't blame anyone else. And all those tax holes, and this is what Trump said in the very beginning when he was running. Here's the deal. I didn't make the tax loopholes. If you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at the legislature because they're the ones doing it for all their donors. They're the ones doing it for this, that, and the other. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I, I don't care how he much j- he paid he took taxes. It, if he didn't pay taxes or a certain amount of taxes comparable to you or me, uh, he he did what he was legally able to do. And anybody who runs a business does that. It's called right. like depreciation and devaluing well, no, it's and called, all that kind of stuff. It's called financial intelligence. Literacy, yes. Because you're trying to maximize the amount of money that you make and bring home as opposed to giving away. But here's the deal. Trump put more money... In Trump's industry, like his job, his companies, he is putting, he is paying more money that he is, uh, his earnings in back into the government via taxes, through payroll taxes, property taxes, all those other taxes. And he is putting more money in the economy um, than any other elected official probably in this country's history. That's fair. So I don't care if he paid $75 but that's, or Okay, 10 so that's cents. my point to what I said earlier, yeah. is that in, a, in an hour-long debate— or an hour-long debate with Savannah Guthrie, but 40 minutes worth of answering questions for the audience, he was literally only asked two questions that had substantial, long-term, four years' worth, how would he handle things like that for four years, presidential responsibilities. The COVID thing, in my opinion, is temporary. Like, it may come back for a season you know, like the flu, it, there may be a COVID season after we figure it out. Uh, there wasn't a there wasn't a flu season until after the Spanish flu in 1918 or whatever, like ran its course and then came back. And you see what I'm saying? Uh, there wasn't like a flu season. It was an outbreak of the flu, and then it became a flu season. 
Okay. And that developed like around this time, you might get the flu, take a flu shot, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There may be a COVID season, but my point is, is that it's going to be then managed like the flu season. There's a vaccine for it, or there's preventatives that you can do during this time. Be extra careful. Wash your hands extra during this time. In theory, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. I could be totally wrong. And I, I'm okay if I'm wrong about that. To me, it, it makes no it makes no difference. You and I have had the conversation. If you're going to die, whatever it is that does you in is going to do you in. Whether it's COVID, whether it's a gunshot from a drive-by, whether it's anything. And we can all hope to have the peace of mind that you do. I'm saying, like, but I have zero control over that. I have absolutely no control over yeah. when my time is going to come. I have. I guess I have more control over when somebody else's time is going to come, but then that questions my moral you character. You have no control. Well, okay, never mind. That's going to be a theological discussion. But I, I see where you're going with that, and I don't disagree with you in theory, in, in principle. But what I, what I would like to say, uh, as an overwinded down probably, um, is let me ask you this question, okay? When we're talking about COVID and what 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 are people's resolve, okay? So there are there have been mass shootings. You want to be spared. Yes, uh, but there's been mass shootings, right? There's been school shootings. Yeah. There are people that die from gun violence all the time. And right? some people are spared. Right. But no, no, I'm asking you, what is the government's response to that? What do you mean? When you, a lot of people in, in, in politics and other people around the country, they protest all the time. Their response to people dying as a result of a firearm is to what? take the gun away right not all government officials are that way no but but you would agree that there's been a, the, a, the major a, response is to punish the people who did it i understand but you okay. understand but you get what I'm, I'm going with the movement because we have all these movements okay there's been a movement for a long time right to continue to eat away at the second amendment right yeah because it's real simple we shouldn't have all these different weapons that can do all these things because if we didn't then all these bad things wouldn't happen of course but so, yeah there'd just be other okay. ways that they came about doing okay them. that's that's I, well, I know that and you know that but here's my thing. Because evil people will not be less evil because there are less things to be evil Correct. with. So, but, but here's my thing. Out of all the most recent in our lifetimes, corona novel, coronavirus mutations. Okay. How many of them have naturally jumped species versus them jumping species as a direct result of legal and condoned behavior in a certain part of the world and that part of the world's inability to control those situations. Now, I would I would say that the majority of these things, swine flu, avian flu, and now this flu, this corona thing, is happening for the same reasons from the same place. So my, I'm just curious when, if... We, why it hasn't come out yet. Maybe we should do something about that. Maybe. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. I mean, if if you think about it, if nobody was ever, I'm not, again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying we're going to ever close our borders permanently, but here's the deal. If, if, (laughs) dear, dear, dear this country, I'm not going to name because I don't want this to become a soundbite. I don't appreciate you. Dear China. But, but but seriously, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, dear China, let's stop doing things like eating wild bats. You know what I mean? Maybe you're a communist country and you control everything else. Why not get an FDA? Why not actually apply regulation to your food? 
and your medicine. You can do great things. You know what I mean? Just maybe stop. Maybe stop having open air markets where you're killing dogs and squirrels and, and mice. You know, I don't want to be culturally insensitive to each their own, but when your actions are basically creating the zombie apocalypse every decade, that's a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About by Average Joe's Media, and you just got the Average Joe's soapbox on how COVID could or couldn't have been created and why we can't figure out how to end it. The and, issue, uh, please don't listen to the last 10 minutes of this the podcast. Issue of, <laughs> the issue of... I don't know if that hit this, well. The issue of this year is that they are saying this is the biggest election in the history of years ever to have an election, maybe, maybe since... Uh, the whole time of Abe Lincoln and how ridiculous this entire year has been, has just dribbled into this election process. It has completely changed the dem- the democratic process to actually trying to figure out issues that are truly concerning for everyone involved and has has completely just like whittled it down to a handful of things that in reality have very little lasting significance and it's it's you know it's it to me it's just it's so ridiculous that it's just getting exacerbated to a point of of futility and so i'm struggling with it but it's a i mean it's a roller coaster i mean it's <laughs> It's fun to dissect because there's so much to dissect and make fun of and also agree with, but also wonder who cares. And there's, there's so many things about it. It's, it's a gigantic roller coaster and it's, it's got what, 17, 13, 15 days left or something like that before the actual election. I think all of our prayers should be that whoever wins, wins extremely decisively and it can just be done. That's fair. Guys, this is a podcast that you can find on any podcasting platform, uh, any social media platform. All you got to do is search Average Joe's Media or Things You Think You Don't Care About. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy it whenever you do listen to it, if you listen to it. We hope you like politics, or we at least hope you like people making fun of politics because that's kind of what we did about 75% of the time. Uh, It's fair. Yeah, it is. Until next time, I am the Average Joe Boo. I'm the Average Joe. Telling you, we're about to go watch the Cowboy game. The Average Joes are in their studio. Over in Garland, Texas. Is back for season five with brand new guests and fun segments for your entertainment. You're gonna have a real good time with the average Joe.